Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2021 MLB season is here, and although the seats may not be full, your bankroll has the chance to be. Ray Hoops Peterson has you covered for every game, every day this season, along with comprehensive analysis and angles for getting to the window while celebrating the walk-off winners and blown saves of what will be a wild season. Now it is time for the Baseball Betting Podcast with Ray Peterson. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great podcast for you in the second segment. We go to the great city of Boston. That is where we find Dan Livshatz of 98.5 The Sports Hub. He does their podcast slash show over under 98.5. He does a little bit of everything over there. So we're going to have a great chat with him about game three of Astros versus Red Sox. We're going to get a little bit of a serious perspective in general. Going to talk a little bit about Dodgers versus Braves as well. How we see that playing out. And the fact that I think that we're both in agreement that there's going to be a lot of game by game betting opportunities in that series. So we're going have a great time there. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis for game three of the ALCS between the Red Sox and the Astros and a little something you like to call touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. You've got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at G-N-R-Score-D-E-1. Keep in mind the letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send those into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five, that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today pertaining really to this podcast. A lot of people questioning what in the world Dave Roberts was doing in game two as I am doing the exact same. So let's take a look back at what we wound up getting in game two of the NLCS and just try to get to know what was in the mind of Dave Roberts a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. I'm doing this one as fresh as I can. Gabe just won final. The Atlanta Braves wind up taking down the 
the LA Dodgers by a count of 5-4, to four, and things look pretty conventional at the forefront of it as you wound up having both teams get a home run in this one. Mr. Corey Seager leads it off in the first inning with a home run off of Ian Anderson, his first of this series, and then Jock Dober continues his third of the postseason. He goes deep off of Max Scherzer in the fourth inning for Anderson. He did not last long. He wound up giving up that home run to Seager. Goes three innings in total, giving up two runs. And then from there, the bullpen show of the Atlanta Braves was pretty darn solid. Jesse Chavez, A.J. Minter, along with Chris Martin, Will Smith, they all give you a scoreless thing. Tyler Mazik goes for a full inning, but he does give up two runs in the process. Luke Jackson and Jake Webb, they combine for three outs. But what was really a difference maker for the Atlanta Braves is the fact that they went two of six with Ben and scoring position with Eddie Rosario, supplying the game, winning it in the ninth inning off of Mr. Kenley Jansen, Bursuta Gradwell wound up putting a man on base, but it was Jansen who wound up giving up the game-winning hit, but for the Dodgers, one of ten with Ben in scoring position, leaving ten men on base, but that's not even the story, in my opinion. Max Scherzer, he was limited to just 79 pitches. He does wind up giving up that home run to Jock Peterson, but four and a third innings, he gives up two runs from there. Alex Nasia comes and gives you a pair of outside the bullpen. From their bullpen use, which relatively conventional. Joe Kelly comes in for an inning, not giving up anything. Blake Tryon comes in for an inning. He doesn't give up anything. Then Julio Arias, the projected Game 4 starter, comes in out of the bullpen and he gives up a pair of runs in a situation in which he just should not have been in. I have no idea what Dave Roberts was doing, sending in his Game 4 starter to try to give relief in Game 2, but it is what it is. And then Brasuto Gradwell comes in in the ninth inning. He winds up putting a man on base. And then from there, Kenley Jansen winds up giving up the game-winning hit. And by the way, home teams, they're winning two-thirds of their games in the postseason thus far. And this was the first time that the LA Dodgers had given up more than four runs in a game in their last 10. So it had been quite a while there. So we wound up seeing a fun day of baseball on Sunday. Now let's turn the page forward to Monday. Helping me do that is going to be our good friend Dan Lifchatz over there with 98.5. The Sports Hub going to be chatting about Astros versus Red Sox. Also giving you a little bit on this Dodgers versus Braves series as well. That chat is on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to be joined by our guests as this man does a terrific job over there at 98.5. The Sports Hub is out there in the great city of Boston as he is a producer and a better over there. That is powered by DraftKings, and as we know, DraftKings and the Vegas Hats and Information Network have a good thing going on. He also does the show Over Under 98.5 as well, the Over Under 98.5 podcast. So this man does a little bit of everything, and to be able to follow Dan Livshats on Twitter, that is had his name. Dan Livshats, and the last name is spelled L-I-F-S-H-A-T-Z. And Dan, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Glad to be back with you. It's been a minute. It has been a little bit, but it has not been too long since the Red Sox have been outside the postseason. It feels very long because last year in 2020, things did not wind up going well for them. But here they are in a Game 3 tied up 1-1 to against the Houston Astros. And I think that we've got a really intriguing pitching matchup as Jose Urquidy is going to be taking the mound for the Houston Astros. And you've got Eduardo Rodriguez going for the Boston Red Sox with Red Sox being a very slight favorite as we're doing this. And what is your overall outlook on this one? Because I personally, just going through a game-by-game perspective, have had such a tough time getting a read on Eduardo Rodriguez because it feels like every time you think he's going to get shelled, he delivers a masterpiece. And every single time you think Eduardo Rodriguez is in a good 
But, well, the exact opposite happens. Yeah, he's a guy that I basically don't bet pregame. There's nothing against Eduardo. Honestly, he's had a pretty good season. You know, the defense, the defensive deficiencies behind him have really, really hurt him. I think he has like a 3-3 FIP or, you know, kind of something along the lines of that. But my biggest issue is I can't bet pregame because, as you said, it's so hard to know what you're going to get with him. Are you going to get, you know, the kind of guy who is, you know, looks like an ace sometimes? You're going to get the kind of guy who looks like a borderline rotation pitcher sometimes. And so for me, it's really simple. I take a look at how Eduardo Rodriguez does the first three outs of the game. If he's struggling in the first inning, you can pretty much always tell. If he's struggling in the first inning, pitch counts high, just not locating them, pretty much off that. I almost always play him live. If he looks sharp early, though, I think you can, you know, kind of get behind them. Look, I think the Red Sox can hit your quitty. I don't love the kid seemingly have the Astros number for whatever reason and I couldn't tell you why. It's not like they have a crazy amount of tremendous lefties. I mean I love Devers and Verdugo but he seemed to be hitting these right-handed pitchers you know, pretty well. It does feel like that that Astros bullpen is going to get caught at some point and that you know things could dissolve and you know go south for that team really quickly. This is going to be a game where I'm going to be looking at the bet live especially with Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound. He's a pitcher I think especially this season. Can't bet him pregame. And what I think is so interesting about not just Eduardo Rodriguez, but a lot of these pitchers for the Boston Red Sox is that a lot of these guys have actually pitched better on the road. You take a look at the Red Sox, their ERA at home over is right around a 4-4 to a 4-5. Meanwhile, on the road, they have the third best ERA of any team out there in the American League at more around a 375. Do you just equate that to ballpark dimensions, what the Red Sox have built in general with their pitching staff or what? Because you just don't see it very often where a team as a collective pitches better on the road than they do at home. I got to be honest with you. I just I really don't know. I, I think it's more the fact that this team, and especially with a manager like Alex Cora, okay, and I know this is going to sound kind of crazy, but the more time this team spends together and with a guy like Cora, who kind of just gets everybody, he kind of gets the room going, the players seem to gravitate towards him. The more time this team spends together, I feel they, they play better. And of course, you're going to spend more time together on the road, just due to the fact that you're not going to be home or with your family and you're going to be traveling together. That's exactly what it's going to be. Even if your family's traveling with you, whatever, you're going to be spending more time together on the road. Honestly, that's the only real explanation that I can kind of give you. It's just, I think that when the team is together and they spend more time together, they play better. And I don't know how much of a home field baseball has been, you know, in the past five, six years. I mean, I know bookies and bookmakers still kind of, you know, like the shade towards home field. But I got to be honest with that. I pretty much don't take it into account with the exception of, you know, totals, of course. Obviously, you need to take into account totals for, you know, where you're playing. But in terms of advantages, I don't think it means deadly squat. When it comes to home field advantage, I do think that it's a little bit interesting when it comes to regular season versus postseason, as we do have Dan Livshatz of 98.5 The Sports Hub joining me on the podcast. And I think it means a little bit more in the postseason because you get some of these games on like a Thursday getaway game that's at like 2 p.m. The kids can't get off of school and you've got, as they always like to call it, a partial solid, a.k.a. Half the stadium is just completely dead. You've got no atmosphere whatsoever. I think it means a little bit more in the postseason. It's not one of those things where you wind up having a pickup game and all of a sudden the home team becomes like minus 150 or anything like that. But I think it means a little bit more in the postseason. I do think that you have to handicap a little bit differently when it comes to the playoffs rather than the regular season. And do something that you were mentioning a little bit earlier. I do think that managing means a little bit more. And I think that Alex Cora is one of the best that you can get. So I think that there's a couple different factors there. I don't know if you disagree with either of those, but I do think that both managing 
and home field comes to the forefront a little bit more now than it would in, say, the dead of August. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. I mean, of course, you're talking about basically two different sports. Playoff baseball and regular season baseball are just completely different. It's almost like, you know, when you talk about hockey, regular season hockey and playoff hockey, they're just they're completely different. You have to view them completely differently, kind of you know take different angles in your approach and your methods. So, of course, that's going to be the case. Yes, home field means a little bit more, you know, in the playoffs because there is an actual emotion. There is an actual crowd there that's not, you know, there to just kind of relax and be there just to have fun, but really actually is there to see the team win. But there definitely is more emotion. If the team gets hot, the emotion absolutely helps. In regards to the managing, I think managing is the most important aspect of, you know, the difference between the regular season and the playoffs. So I think you absolutely nailed it in terms of that. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I will say, I don't think Alex Cora has had a great postseason. And I love Alex Cora. I was very pro-Cora getting rehired for the Red Sox because, I mean, you know, the reason he got let go, whatever, in my opinion, stupid. Different story for every day, but I thought it was stupid. But I don't think Cora has been good. I thought he basically blew game one. I mean, I think he is the main reason and the by far the biggest reason they lost that game. He completely mismanaged a healthy bullpen, you know, tried to be too cute with certain angles. I thought it was pretty embarrassing, you know, what he did out there. Now, you get up, you know, to an eight-run lead in game two. I'm not really sure, you know, how much you really need to manage that scoreline or it was 9 nothing or whatever they got up there. I mean, I'm not really sure how much you need to manage that, but I was concerned and I thought Cora did okay in the division series. I thought he did better than what he did, obviously, in the Astros, but I have been concerned with what Cora has done. And right now, I don't know how much of an edge it is over, you know, other teams that are still competing. I mean, especially, you know, you look at the NL, I certainly don't think there's an advantage there. I know that a lot of people, they love to throw shade at Dave Roberts, and I certainly question him pulling Max Scherzer in that wild card game, but you know what? It all wound up working out. He wound up giving Max Scherzer his first save since he was in Missouri. That's certainly something that you would not wind up seeing in the regular season, and I think we're also both in agreement. Alex Cora, a little bit better than Ron Renneke at being able to manage. I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan, so I know all about his work, but you take a look at this series in general, and I'm glad that you wanted mentioning the bullpen usage because I think it's been really intriguing with the Boston Red Sox because whenever Nathan Uvalde takes him out, you can pencil him in for five-plus innings. He has done that in all three of his postseason starts. In starts that have not been made by Nathan Eovaldi, we've seen the bullpen have to get at least five innings in all but one of those starts. That would be Eduardo Rodriguez in that last game of the Rays series. So I think that that's going to be an interesting part. And I almost wind up taking a look at this. I think we might wind up seeing a little bit of a replay of game one where Chris Sale and Fran Valdez both went two and two-thirds innings. And then from there, it becomes both of these teams trying to piece together bullpens, and then it winds up becoming, let's face it, a little bit of a crapshoot from there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, outside of Evaldi, there's really no reliable starting pitcher in this rotation for the Red Sox. We just talked about how inconsistent Eduardo Rodriguez has been, and, you know, Chris Sale, he's a guy coming off Tommy John. Those guys usually don't look the same until about 18 months afterward. I don't have to tell you. He doesn't look anything like the normal Chris Sale. He looks terrible. You know, the stuff just isn't there right now. He doesn't look like a guy who should be pitching a starting role in any sort of playoff game. That's my honest opinion. You know, how the Red Sox feel, I don't really know, but we'll see that going forward. What I do think you're going to see in this game, you know, is that Warner already is hopefully for at least three innings. I mean, you're hoping that you get the good Erod. Who knows? What I can definitely tell you is I, I think you're going to see a lot of Nick Pavetta. And Pavetta was a big key 
to the Red Sox winning that Rays series, he was dominant out of the pen and really acted as the guy who was able to have not only save the bullpen, but really calm down you know, any sort of issues early on in that series. And I think you're going to see Pavetta in that role. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Pavetta for two, three, four innings, assuming he's pitching well. You got to save that pen. You got to use it correctly. And I think that that's going to be something that's going to be extremely, extremely important for a guy like a Nick Pavetta. And I see shades of 2019 Patrick Corbin when he wound up being pretty much the super utility man for the Washington Nationals in that postseason and Nick Pavetta as well, because to your point, he's been able to do a great job as we got Dan Livshatz of 98.5, the sports hub joining me on the podcast. And then in the other series, we're doing this right now as the Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves are doing battle. And I can tell you right now, as we're doing this, Max Scherzer looks absolutely tremendous. And you take a look at this series moving forward. And I do think that there's going to be some good individual betting spots. I'm still of the mindset that we're going to see the Dodgers wind up making it back to the World Series, but I think a lot of people wound up forgetting that the Atlanta Braves forced a Game 7 last year in this very same NLCS, and I think we could wind up seeing another very good series between these two. I think it's going to be the opposite of the American League when it comes to looking at totals, because as we know, both of the totals in Game 1 and Game 2 of the ALCS, they went over and they went over Game one wasn't necessarily so comfortable. Game two certainly was. And I think in the NLCS, I think we're going to see a bunch of games, much like we wound up seeing in game one, where it's three to two. Maybe you wind up getting a four to three. And I think that we're going to get ourselves a bunch of really close one-run games. And I think that there's going to be good betting opportunities from a game-by-game perspective when it comes to the National League side of things. You know, I almost kind of view the National League side as a regular season NBA game where you have the opportunities to kind of bet both sides and plus money. I was talking to someone who I know did that in game one, you know, early on, you know, with the Dodgers and Braves. And I think, as you kind of said, I think you're going to have some opportunity to kind of do the same thing here. So I do think it's going to be a low-scoring and it's going to be one of those back and forth series. And these games are going to be, you know, really tight. So I do think you're going to have a lot of live betting opportunities, as you said. I think you really should be looking to take advantage of that. I know that there's a lot of people who are kind of scared off of live betting. But as long as you're basically applying the same principles as you do pre-betting, making sure you get key numbers, making sure you're taking in certain spots, making sure that you're taking advantage of, you know, matchups. I mean, you know, not unlike almost a manager, except maybe actually more, because I think that some Sometimes betters actually do better than some baseball managers in terms of managing their bankroll and their bets. You know, I I think that there is going to be a legitimate opportunity there. And I also agree with you. I think the Dodgers end up making it back to the World Series. I sure hope they don't because as a Red Sox fan, I'd much rather see the Atlanta Braves. But it's more of a personal bias than a, a professional opinion. Uh, being a Milwaukee Brewers fan, I would still like to see the Brewers in there with that said. <laughs> Hopefully 2022 will be the year for them, and I'm so glad that you just wanted bringing up everything you did with live betting. Treat it much like you do betting pregame. It's one of these cases in which if you're someone that's like a player that has a little bit of different unit sizes, you probably don't want to be pushing all in on a lot of these bets. And at the same time, if you see something that you like, don't be afraid to fire in on it as well. I think that's the best approach to take. And Dan, you always take a really good approach. I know that you wound up cashing on the WNBA with the Chicago Sky. So a congratulations to a nice plus money winner there. I know that you've been doing a great job looking at a little bit of everything. I know that you've been dialed into the NFL, MLB, basketball is going to be back in our lives soon. And I know that you and Joe Murray over there at over under 98.5, the 
tremendous show slash podcast that 98.5 The Sports Hub does is going to be dialed into that and so much more. So love to get people at home, know they're able to follow you on social media and how they're able to just get everything that you're doing in general. Yeah, so you can follow me at Dan Left Shots on Twitter. Our account is at over under 985. You can follow my partner, Joe Murray, at Joey Murr with two R's. You can listen to the podcast there. You can also find us on Twitter, our podcast, as I said, on Apple or Spotify, or really anywhere that you can get podcasts. So we do a podcast at 98.5 The Sports Hub and also do a Saturday show. So Thursday podcast, Saturday show. To so basically three podcasts a week because we divide the show into two hours. And Dan doing an absolutely terrific job with that. A little bit of a utility guy over there at 98.5 The Sports Hub, always providing great information. And whenever he joins this podcast, and also my college basketball podcast, Hoop with Hoops, he's appeared on there quite a bit as well. Always brings it. It did so once again today. So big thanks to Dan Livshads for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And coming up next, we talked a lot about the Boston Red Sox in this last segment. And now it's time for me to give you picks and analysis for Game 3 of the ALCS between the Astros and the Red Sox on the other side. And a little something like call, touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. A pleasure to get Dan Lovshatz on the podcast. He's doing an amazing job over there in the great city of Boston, doing plenty of work over there with 98.5 The Sports Sub. And for those of you guys who are into sports betting, main thing that he does over under 98.5 The Show, along with the podcast that you're able to hear multiple times a week, as he was describing in the last segment. Guy does an absolutely terrific job, takes a look at a little bit of everything, and always brings it whenever he joins his podcast. So big thanks to him. Now it is that time for the podcast. They give you a sign total for this Game 3 of the ALCS between the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox, and a little something like call touch them all if a game is listed on the betting board greg has a side and a total on it so it is time to touch them all here's a real shocker but we are going to be going in las vegas rotation order something that really can't be screwed up today but if there are any changes that are made i will be listing these up on my twitter feed at jaren scorty one putting them on the spreadsheet all that good stuff so i have no fear there and it is 909-910 on the betting board that we have as the houston answers Hit the road to face off against the Boston Red Sox. Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be going for the Sox. And Jose Arikidi is going to be going for the Astros. Your total on this game is 9. Seeing a straight 9.5 out there as well on the 9.5. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105 on the 9. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. And the under is anywhere between even and minus 105. With the Astros, you're going to be getting them at a little bit of a plus price. Anywhere between a plus 103 and a plus 108 as I'm doing this. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Sox, anywhere between minus 115 to minus 125, and this is the spot in which, looking at the Astros, I want to making Astros money line the New York Post play of the day, because I want to saying them as a slight favorite. You take a look at Jose Urquidy in his last 10 starts. Now, he is coming off a little bit of a layoff as he has not pitched so, thus far in the postseason, but in his last 10 starts, so you have to date it back to the regular season. Team is 8-2 and two in those last 10 starts, and by and large, you take a look at him, he's been giving you right around 2 walks per 9 innings, so he has not been putting guys on cheaply. Certainly is a situation in which this is a j- 
gentleman in which is not going to give you a lot of strikeouts, right around seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But by and large, he has been able to do a very solid job of being able to just hold down the fork, give you a little bit of something. And this is an Astros bunch in which they are hanging on the board 5.4 runs per game. If you look at the regular season and the postseason, that's most out there in the big leagues. But if you look a little bit more broad, this is an Astros team that they have scored at least five runs in every single game that they played this month. Meanwhile, for the Red Sox, all but one game thus far this month, they have scored at least four runs in. Now, I do think that's going to be a little bit lower scoring. I set this total at an 8.8. I do think that both of these guys are going to come to play. We mentioned it with Eduardo Rodriguez, the fact that he certainly has not been the same pitcher home to road. With Mr. Rodriguez, he has a road ERA that overs right around a 3.95, a home ERA that is more in the neighborhood of about a 5.95, but you take a look at him recently. He's been raining in, in a little bit more at home. He wound up having that nice start against the Tampa Bay Rays in which he was able to provide five strong. He was the only pitcher thus far that has provided a start that went five plus innings, not named Nathan Eovaldi. And you take a look at it as well. He's doing for some very positive regression. It was mentioned by Dan Lifshatz. His fielding independent is a 332 and his overall ERA for the year, that is north of a four, a 474 to be exact. So it's not like he's necessarily pitched too bad. 2.7 walks per nine innings, and a half punch outs per nine. So he has been right there. He's been a solid pitcher. He's just been getting a little bit unlucky now. You're going to get some bad luck when you wind up going up against the Houston Astros because you've got Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, and you're able to throw in there Jordan Alvarez. All guys that during the regular season hit above a 270. All guys that gave you at least 26 home runs. Heck, even a guy like a Chaz McCormick is lethal out there in the lineup. Really, your lone automatic out is with Martin Maldonado, the catcher. You do take a look at the Red Sox as well, and I do like this lineup, but I do feel like you've had a couple guys just hitting way above their head. Kike Hernandez has a combined 15 hits in the last five games, and he's got a trail home runs in the first two games of the series. I mean, I love Kike Hernandez. He's a very good player. He is not going to be continuing that. You take a look at what you've been able to get this postseason out of Alex Verdugo. He's hitting at 367. He's went deep once already. Now, Rafael Devers is here to say this man was in the top five when it comes to RBI during the regular season, 38 home runs. He's got a trio of bombs. He's hitting a 310 thus far this postseason, but I do think that we've seen a little bit of something interesting there, and I do throw out the bullpen metrics a little bit in this one for the Boston Red Sox because we were talking about a very good point with Dan Lifshatz, the fact that this is not the same bullpen that we wound up seeing during the regular season. We've seen Martin Perez come out of the bullpen. Now, he was being used in a little bit of that capacity after Chris Hale wanted coming back, but Nick Pavetta has been pretty much a super utility man for this team. I could certainly see him coming in multiple innings of relief in this one. They've got Garrett Woodlock seemingly back to full force as well, so I think that that is going to be something very solid. Ryan Brazier, he wound up giving up a little bit of something. Two runs in that series against the Tampa Bay Rays, but you take a look at him ever since he's come off the injured list, and he's been lights out, but you take a look at the Astros as well. Kendall Graveman, I think might be the best overall reliever in this series. He's able to give you a whole lot of something and then the second best might be Ryan Presley. So that is something that I do take a look at as being an advantage. You've also got a super utility man for this team in Christian Avier who did not wind up pitching in game two so he should be fresh and good to go in this one as well. Ryan Sanic has not necessarily been great but he's been able to be serviceable for this team. So I do take a look at this spot and I do gravitate towards the under with the total now at nine. We've seen a little bit of shift on this total with both of these offenses firing all cylinders and want to make the Astros 
as a favorite. So the New York Post play of the day is the Astros on the money line. And that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Monday. A big thanks to Dan Livshatz of 98.5 The Sports Hub for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways to be able to find those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. them from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Going to be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.